Fellas, listen up. All you ever ask for is an opportunity. You got it today. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Folks. Folks. Did you hear that? Did you fucking hear that? Did you soak that in? Did you let that run through your fucking veins? Shut the fuck up and listen. Fellas, listen up. All you ever ask for is an opportunity. You got it today. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? If you don't know who the fuck that is, and you're some sort of stupid, casual waste of a fucking fan, that is Mr. Marv Levy, head coach of the Buffalo Bills, who brought the Bills to four Super Bowls, didn't finish, but we don't talk about it. And then that is a quote right before an AFC playoff game in the 90s, where he said, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? And I'll tell you what, folks. There's nowhere else I'd rather fucking be. There's nowhere else I'd rather be than this moment that we're in right now as Bills fans. First of all, before we kick this bitch off, welcome to the Mafia Edition. It's currently Saturday, December 6th, or excuse me, January 6th, 2024. Gives us approximately, it's, it's about 10 a.m. So it gives us approximately 20, 27 hours until the Buffalo Bills season is on the line. Not only to get into the playoffs but for the AFC's crown against division rivals, Miami Dolphins. We haven't had the greatest December, but some fucking house, some way. We haven't had the greatest year. Injury-ridden, problems with the offense, problems in coordinator spots, arrests. But God damn it, we fucking found a way to give ourselves a shot. And as a coach, this is what you coach for. As a player, this is why you play. As a fan, this is why you watch. This is why we jump through tables. This is why we paint our face and our paint our fucking titties. This is why we wear goofy-ass chicken wing hats. This is why we show up to the fucking stadium and tailgate at 6.30 in the morning. Okay? This is why we fan. This is why we are fans. We got to lock the fuck in, folks. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Absolutely none. Now, really, before we get into this, this is the old New York shout out, Mike Barry, or Matt Barrios, excuse me at might underscore b matt with one t on instagram great illustrator made the logo thank you dude and follow the instagram and the old new york's uh tiktok to find clips first first come first serve on the tiktok and uh you know they hit the instagram at some point but really hit that instagram with a bunch of follows that's how you show your support and i'd appreciate if you do that now uh, let's let's just dig in a little bit i don't want this to be a crazy long episode because i don't think there's a lot that has to be said there isn't and I also, I'm, I'm choosing to not talk about the Sabres, even though we just won 6-1 to one in Montreal. I mean, it's just, it's been very frustrating to be a Sabres fan recently. I mean, you know, one night we look like cup contenders. Next night, we look like the worst team in the league. There's no consistency. People are starting to go at Granado a little bit. Um, other people are questioning Levi in, in these moments because he's played a lot of these games. We also released Eric Comrie 
to waivers. Um, so we're going with the UPL Levi Net, which I honestly last year I would have been like, this is the worst move. Keep Comrie. He'll you know teach Beast a little bit more about how to be a, a goaltender in the league. But this year, UPL's changed my mind. He does have a lot of upside, um, and, and I'm fine with that. I think UPL has a lot of upside, and now looking at it, you know, Comrie compared to UPL, I mean, obviously we're going to keep Levi traded for him. I mean, why wouldn't we? Uh, I, I like what the Sabres did with that, but I think we just need to find some offensive consistency. Um, and I feel like our lines have been a little weird recently. They've been trying some stuff because things haven't been working, but I mean, get middle stat on the ice. Okay. Actually I do. Fuck man. I really hope that stat's still on my phone because I had it in here and I may have deleted it and I would really, really be upset, but I found it. Okay. It's, it's Casey middle stat right now at this point in the year has more even strength points than excuse me if I fuck up some of these names because I'm not. A hockey fan first, so I don't know all the players, and they've got fucking weird names, man. Uh, Frank Vetrano, Clayton Keller, Darlene, Lindholm, Sebastian Ajo, Bernard, Bone Jenner, that's a weird name, Alex DeBrincat, Sam Reinhart, Kaprizov, Suzu, uh, what the fuck, Suzuki? S-U-Z-U-K-I, Nick Suzuki, Forsberg, Jack Hughes, Matt Barzel, Brady Tuchuk, Travis, whatever the fuck that last name, K-O-N-E-C-N-Y, Thomas Hurdle, Oliver Borgstrand, I don't know, Eichel, and Tom Wilson. Uh, all I know is all those fuckers have been named to the All-Star game and Casey Middlestad is not on that roster. I Honestly, I just want to get this point out there. If we didn't have... Tate Thompson, if we didn't have Jeff Skinner, if we didn't have fucking Jack Quinn, Alex Tuck, Darlene, there would be a lot more talk about what Casey Middlestad does for the Buffalo Sabres, and it's very, very, very undershadowed, uh, not only in the league, but I think in Buffalo, too. I'm a huge Middlestad fan. I've been a Middlestad fan for about three, four years, and, you know, people give me shit. They're like, oh, Middlestad, he kind of sucks. No, the fuck he doesn't, especially this year, breakout year, loving what Middlestad's doing. Um, but, but the Sabres just been up and down, you know, go Sabres six, one win, but let's, that's not the focus. It's not the focus today, folks. Not them Buffalo Beals. Okay. First of all, let's talk a little bit about the new England game, which was a shit show. It just was not a good game. Um, defensively, we played fantastic offensively. We just never found a rhythm. Uh, we got it done when we needed to, but in the end that, uh, Rasul Douglas pick six is what won us the game because our offense did not provide at all throughout that game. It was a 21-21 game without that uh, pick six. So thank you, Rasul Douglas, for just putting on a show. Resign that motherfucker, man. And the thing is, because now Taron Johnson's coming up on a contract. So th- this opens up lanes because, like, okay, I think we're going to bring Taron Johnson back. But there's other corners on this roster that I just don't think are worthwhile. I, I would lose Kair Elam, Dane Jackson, and uh, and even Saran Neal just to bring Rasul Douglas back. I would lose a couple core special teamers or you know players that have been on the team for a while in the secondary. I mean, obviously, I'm not taking Trey out of the equation. I would even put uh, you know my hand in the hat 
for the vote of letting Micah Hyde walk this year and bringing back Rasul Douglas just because of age. And and that price tag's not going to be cheap. I mean, you look at what Rasul Douglas has done and since he's been acquired by the team, is he's currently leading the NFL in takeaways with six. And that's above Antonio Winfield, the Tampa Bay Pro Bowl snub uh, with five, and same with Derek Stingley, and then a bunch of other people. Five people have four takeaways. Um, maybe, actually, you know what? Maybe I will just do that real quick because I, I want to talk about the game. The game's more important. But goddamn, was that Pro Bowl shitty. Oh, there was a lot of, okay, wait a minute. L- let me reject. Because the Pro Bowl, I don't think I don't think it was all terrible, but I don't. I think there was a couple of little things that I, I very much disliked about the Pro Bowl this year. Um, and and this literally no bias. Like you could come to me, and I could be a fan of the fucking Cleveland Browns. The fact that Josh Allen was not selected into the Pro Bowl this year is an absolute joke. Absolute joke. And the thing is, though, like. It's not because I'm a Buffalo fan. He led the league in touchdowns. Okay, so the NFL can say, well, we, we want the most exciting players in the Pro Bowl because those should be the guys that are talked about for publicity and, you know, it gives them more money. It makes more money for the NFL. I get that. But that's not putting the best players in the Pro Bowl. The best player in football is the player who scores the most touchdowns, right? At least offensively, like I, I can understand defensively, maybe he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, but he gets a lot of sacks. I understand that. But when it comes to the offense, there's there's two sides. Why the fuck isn't Josh Allen in the Pro Bowl? It's a joke. It's an absolute fucking joke. So the quarterbacks that were in the Pro Bowl for the AFC, Tua Tagovailoa, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Good quarterbacks, yes. Patrick Mahomes I understand that he's led his team into the playoffs, but they have the most losses in the Mahomes era, which isn't a stat that is ever kept with any other player. And I get that. And it's completely a Mahomes bias stat just because we expect greatness out of him. And yes, he has done somewhat great things this year with receivers who can't catch the ball or stay on sides. Like, I totally understand that. But Baker Mayfield is out playing Patrick Mahomes right now. Okay? Like, Honestly, I, I believe that. And I know this isn't an AFC you know, contender to be in the Pro Bowl, but Baker Mayfield is playing better than Patrick Mahomes. And that's not being talked about. And then he's in the Pro Bowl. Why? The, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And I obviously, Patrick Mahomes earned his Pro Bowl spot. He's a great player. But I just think there's other people that were more deserving. Joshua Patrick. Allen. That's who's more fucking deserving. Josh goddamn Allen. We'll run through the rosters real quick. I'll just be quick with it. Uh, and, and just say who I think got snubbed and who could be taken out. Uh, the running backs for the AFC. Raheem Mostert. Good. James Cook. Good. Derrick Henry. <laughs> that's a bad pick. Travis Etienne. Plug him in there. Had a way better year. Um, who else could I throw in there? Hell, you know what I'll even say? Just because I'm a fan and I knew, I told Texans fans this was going to happen. Motor, man. Put Devin Singletary in there. What he's done when he's actually gotten a shot with that offense is incredible. Uh, put Devin Singletary in. I, I love Singletary. Ingold is the fullback from the Dolphins. He's a great fullback. Could have been him or Ricard. Doesn't really matter. Um, receivers are Tyree Kill, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase. I like it. I like the receivers. Uh, I also want to make another short note that uh, 
reporters were talking to Jamar Chase, basically saying, hey, if your contract comes up, well, which it will, would you take money away from yourself to help T stay on the team? And it was just a really awkward question. It was an awkward energy in the room. Pat McAfee brought up the fact that like T Higgins could have been playing ping pong right next to him. Weird question, but who knows what's going to happen with that uh, Bengals offense because I feel like T's gone. I don't think there's any chance that Jamar Chase is taking a cut just from the way that he was talking, but you know, we'll see. Crazier things have happened, but I like the receivers. Oh, excuse me. I've been sick, so if I'm if I'm out here just snorting and shit and being disgusting, I'm sorry. Tight ends, Travis Kelsey, David Njoku. I think Kelsey's just like a locked pick. I don't think that's like ever going to fucking change. Um, Njoku deserved it. I think Njoku was the best tight end in the entire AFC this year. But I don't really know if I'm a huge fan of Travis Kelsey being in there. But I think he's there for the, the simple reason that no other tight end really popped off this year. I'll, I'll use my Buffalo bias and say Kincaid just because Kincaid's young and, you know, he's had a pretty good year. It, it wasn't what we expected so far. We'll go over the season stats in a little minute. But I just think that Kelsey, you know, he's had a good year. Yes, the T-Swift bullshit, but they're just trying to get Taylor Swift to the Pro Bowl. Let's be fucking honest here, folks. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to spin through the offensive line because I don't think any of you fucking care. Uh, tackles, Laramie Tunsil, Deion Dawkins, Teron Armstead, all deserving, all played great. Uh, guards, Quentin Nelson, Joel Petonio, and uh, Joe Thune from the Chiefs, all good picks. Centers, Linderbaum, Creed Humphrey, great. Those are easily the best centers in the AFC. And then defensive ends. Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Trey Hendrickson, all deserving because they basically were the motors for their their uh, defenses. You know, minus Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett has other options on that defense. Uh, interior lineman Chris Jones, Quentin Williams, Justin Matabuke from the Ravens. Uh, outside linebackers T.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, Josh Allen, all good picks. Uh, this is interesting. Inside middle linebackers, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, both hailing from the Baltimore Ravens. I love that pick. They play great together, and they both had fantastic years playing the linebacker position. And if you don't believe that, look it up. Um, they're easily the two best linebackers in the AFC, and they're on the same team. That's scary. Um, cornerbacks, Pat Sertain, Sauce Gardner, Jalen Ramsey, Denzel Ward, no problems there. Free safety, Justin Simmons, Micah Fitz, or Minka Fitzpatrick. And then strong safety, the only one, is Kyle Hamilton from the Ravens. So he's, he's, you know, I wasn't sure how Hamilton would play outside of college, but he's really had a decent year. And what, it's only his second year, third year? Um, and then the special teams is the Jaguars long snapper, Ross Matisic. I don't know how you pronounce that. A.J. Cole from the Raiders is the punter. Tucker is the place kicker, Justin Tucker. Kick returner, Marvin Mims, special teamer. And uh, punt returner is Miles Kilbrew from the Steelers. And now, why isn't it showing me the NFC offense? Oh, NFC roster. Let me take a look here. NFC. Why would it only say one? That's kind of stupid, ain't it? I don't like that. Uh, here we are. So, quarterbacks in the NFC. Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford. I like that Stafford's in here. I think he's deserving. But I also think you could have swapped him out for Jared Goff. Just my opinion. Running backs, McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, Kyron Williams. This one hurt me a little bit. This one kind of pissed me off. I think you could have taken either one of the Lions running backs, whether that is Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs, and interswapped them from DeAndre Swift. 
Not only was DeAndre Swift traded from their team to the team in the NFL with the best offensive line, and Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery do not have a great offensive line, or at least to the level that the Philadelphia Eagles has, but I think Montgomery could have earned it. That's just my opinion. I didn't like it. Kyron Williams completely deserved it, saved a lot of fantasy teams, and now you know the Rams are just building a good football team with third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks right now. You literally can't ask anything more from your GM and your coach. That's great scouting on their uh, scouting departments. And, you know, those guys are getting paid cheap their first couple of years. They're, they're playing the right game uh, when it comes to the money. And then Christian McCaffrey, MVP candidate for me. I think he's the MVP. I think Josh Allen has kind of worked himself out of that conversation right now. Uh, but I, I say McCaffrey's my MVP vote right now. He deserves it. Use check is fullback. Uh, is the fullback from the Niners, obviously. Receivers, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, Puka Nakua, all great. But if they could have added one more, just one more receiver and thrown in IU, I would have been happier. But uh, I'm not negating any of those guys. They all deserve it, and they all have played out of their fucking mind this year. Tight ends, George Kittle, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta from the Lions has just fucking sprung onto the scene as a tight end. Uh, fantastic player, and the way that Dan Campbell and that offense, or whoever their offensive coordinator is, got him involved early and just has had him as a focal point in the offense. Hats off to them. He's looked great, and Kittle's just an all-around dog. And then the offensive line at the tackle is Trent Williams from the Niners, Lane Johnson from the Eagles, Panay Sanul from the Lions, guards Zach Martin from the Cowboys, uh, Chris Lindstrom from the Falcons, Landon Dickerson from the Philadelphia Eagles, center Jason Kelsey. Frank Ragno from the Lions, but just note that I just named fucking Jason Kelsey, Landon Dickerson, and Lane Johnson, all from the Eagles. And then to go back on my other conversation about DeAndre Swift and Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, I also named Frank Ragno, Penay Sewell, and uh, where's the last one? Oh, and the other one's Laporta. So, the Lions have two Pro Bowl offensive linemen, and the Eagles have three. Maybe I'm wrong about the offensive line conversation. Whatever. Let's get to the defense real quick, and then we'll get into more Bills talk. Uh, defensive end, Nick Bosa, Montez Sweat, Aiden Hutchinson. Beautiful. All helped their teams. Montez Sweat single-handedly changed that Bears defense just with his presence. Great picks there. Interior linemen, Aaron Donald, uh, Dexter Lawrence, and Javon Hargrave. I Okay. Hate me. As much as you want. I wish they would have taken that one fucking lineman from Carolina over Aaron Donald for the interior defensive line section. I forget his name off the top of my head, but I know he's played out of his mind. I've seen his stats and I just forget his name off the top of my head. But I think he was more deserving than Aaron Donald. If you just look at the stats, look at the pressure stats. It's just, it's true. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, those are, Three good linemen. Even you know, hell, I would even take out Javon Hargrave over Donald. Maybe even keep Donald in that conversation. Switch Hargrave out for that dude from Carolina, and I, I would have been a little happier. Outside linebackers: Michael Parsons from the Cowboys, Daniil Hunter from the Vikings, Hassan Reddick from the Eagles. Um, that's good. Middle linebackers: Fred Warner from the Niners, Bobby Wagner from the Seahawks. I don't know how well Bobby Wagner has played this year. He was a Pro Bowl caliber player. I don't know if they're just giving it to him for pity, but I didn't watch any um, Seahawks games, so whatever. I'll take the word for it. 
cornerback Deron Bland from the Cowboys, Chavarius Ward from the Niners, Jalen Johnson from the Bears, Devon Weatherspoon from the Seahawks. Weatherspoon's a first-year uh, first player and a first Pro Bowl. That's you know upside for him. And Deron Bland led the league with interceptions for touchdowns. or He set the record. So, you know, good for him, I guess. Um, and then free safety, Jesse Bates from the Falcons. Strong safety, Buda Baker from the Cardinals. And Julian Love from the Seahawks. And then special teams, the Vikings long snapper, Andrew DePaulo. Punter, Brian Anger from the Cowboys. And actually... Oh, that's only, I thought they had two punters. Holy shit. And then place kicker, Brandon Aubrey from the Cowboys. Uh, kick returner, Rashid Shahid from the Saints. And special teamer and, you know, core special teamer and punt returner, Jalen Reeves Maben from the Lions. So I just think there was a couple spots that could have been swapped. I really do. But, but I'm not crazy upset with how the Pro Bowl went this year and how it got picked. And it's not like I really had a choice in changing it either. But, you know, the way she fucking goes. Let's talk about the Bills. Anyways, we were talking about the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Uh, and then we moved into Rasul Douglas. And I think that there's a couple players that I'd be willing to get rid of to bring Rasul Douglas back. Something that scares me coming into this game this week is that it might be the last time we see Poyer and Hyde. <sighs> Since 2017, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me. Since 2017, we have seen Poyer and Hyatt on this football field, and God damn it, it's going to be a shame once it's gone. And if it's this year, shit. I don't think it will be. I feel like we'll resign Micah Hyde, but depending on the Rasul Douglas situation, we got him for one more year. You know, I think we resign Hyde this year and make it work. But let's not think about that yet. We're not there yet because we're still at New England, and at the end of the day, we squeaked by and we we got very fucking lucky because a lot of the teams that we were hoping would lose so we would get into the playoffs won, and it's still a tight race. And if we lose this week, we're done. There's no no more. We are done after this week if we lose. And I'm 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 nervous, but if there's one thing. That gives me hope. If there's one thing that keeps my little Buffalo Bills heart pumping, it's that 52% of hard rock is going to be fucking Bills fans. 52% of the away or the uh, the away team's fans are going to be in that building screaming, yelling, busting tables, banging Labats. It's going to be fucking electric. It's going to be outstanding. Um, I think that right now. We have to worry about the run game with the uh, the Dolphins. They're banged up. Tyree Kill's banged up. Jalen Waddle's banged up. They have their playoff spot set. And actually, also, I forgot to mention, Tua Tagovailoa left last week's game, which was a stomping of the Miami Dolphins. It was, what, 56 to, like, 19 against the Ravens, who are debatably the best team in the NFL, at least the best team in the AFC right now. Uh, they got absolutely murdered. So uh, and that also led to Tua Tagovailoa leaving the game early in the fourth quarter, I think it was, with like a shoulder injury, which is no good for him. Um, but they're banged up, so they're going to lean on the run game. Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan, uh, their offensive line's been banged up, so they're going to run shit that's, I believe, fairly simple. But if there's one thing that the Bills have struggled with, with the Dolphins' offense, it is the run game. I mean, we look back at the Dolphins game last year. They just torched us. 
in the run game at New Era. I was there. It was uh, it was hard to watch when they ran the ball. You just knew what was going to happen. This year, I felt like we handled it a little bit better, but I think there's still instances where they had a couple of breakout runs for 10, 15 yards, and you just don't like to see those chunk plays, especially with an explosive offense like this team. But I'm hoping that they're a little banged up. They got their playoff spot secure. We were going to play conservative, run the ball, and just get through the game. They also lost Bradley Chubb last week to a torn ACL. Um, it, just sad. Just sad. I don't like seeing any player go down, losing time out of their career. Uh, Bradley Chubb's a great player. I, I'll say he's a good player. He's had a, a valiant year. I just don't I don't like seeing that, and I'm not one to sit here and be like, fuck him, who cares, helps us. Like, that just blows. And I've been through it enough. The Bills have been through it enough when it comes to their players and their fans of watching just a really good player who's having a great year just go down with some injury in garbage time, and you just want to fucking cry for him. Like, I I don't like seeing that shit happen. And, you know, he, he left the game three minutes in, or three minutes left in a, you know, 40-point, 30-point stomping of his team. Why is he in the game? Uh, but, you know, you, you can't go back on that kind of stuff. But they've also lost Jalen Phillips. Xavier Howard won't play in this game. Their defense is vulnerable. It's more vulnerable than it was in week whatever the fuck that we played them. Uh, what was it? Maybe week four, I think it was. Week four, week five. But they're just more vulnerable. And... I think our offense is way too dynamic to to be boxed by this defense. I do want to I do want to talk about one thing, and that is the Stefan Diggs talk. Um, there, there's this huge conversation that Stefan Diggs has not had a hundred yard game since what? Hold on, I'll, I'll find it here, but I can't remember how long it's been. It's been weeks though. It's been weeks, and I first of all, I get it. Okay. I, I understand why everybody's upset, and I'm pulling up the stats here. It has been since week, what is this? Week 15, oh, that's October 15th, so one, two, three, four, five, six. Since week six has not had a 100-yard receiving game, when in the first six weeks he had five 100-yard receiving games, one being a hat-trick against the Dolphins. Okay. Now, let's look at this realistically. Because I feel like everybody's just like, what happened to Diggs? Where is your Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs connection? And to me, honestly, you're a bunch of fucking retards. Wholeheartedly. It's obvious why Stephon Diggs has not been a more of a focal point of this offense. He's been a decoy. It happens to good players especially a players like Diggs, or a player like Diggs, excuse me, because you find receivers that are are tall and lanky and go up and get a jump ball and get it on top of your head. You know, you get those receivers. You get the Tyreek Hills who can run and weave through your entire offense. You get the route runners like Cooper Cup who can just destroy his own coverage and find the soft spot. But Stephon Diggs is all of those. And it's very rare to find a receiver as dynamic as Stephon Diggs. So when you're a defense going to face Stephon Diggs, you're kind of wetting your britches a little bit because he is going to be a factor if you let him be a factor. Therefore, the Buffalo Bills understand that and they're going to run him into coverage. They're going to run him in front of linebackers and corners and safeties to try and pull the defense his way to leave guys like 
Gabe Davis, who's not the best example because he has just not had the, the best year this year. But leave guys like him, Khalil Shakir, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, uh, Trent Sherfield. You're going to leave those guys open because you want to double team Stephon Diggs. So I think it's funny how Bills fans are so fucking nervous about that fact that he hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game. I also want to point out the fact that our running back is second in the league in rushing. I wonder why Stephon Dates hasn't caught the ball much. Maybe because they haven't been throwing it that much, you fucking idiots. It's simple. It's simple math. It's one plus one equals two. We run the ball good. We don't pass the ball. We just run the ball good. That, that, that's the equation. That's the equation. Take it how you want it. But I don't think that the fact that he hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game since week six fucking means anything. Look at this. Look at this. We'll just talk about targets. From week seven on. Week seven against the Patriots, 12 targets. Week eight against Tampa Bay, 12 targets. Cincinnati in week nine, seven. Denver, five. New York Jets, eight. Philly, 11. Kansas City, 11. Dallas, five. Chargers, eight. New England, seven. And he hasn't come down with many of those. He's been coming down with less than 50% of his catches because he's getting clamped. I get that. I get that. Because when we run the ball, everybody's committed to running the ball, but they know when we're going to pass it. I feel like our offense, even though it's very dynamic, is very simple to tell. Our scheme is very simple to realize uh, You know when, when we're going to pass the ball, what situations we like to pass the ball. I feel like it's easy for a defense to adjust to that, especially with a new offensive coordinator coming in. I just, I'm not as worried about the fact that he hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game. And I didn't even bring up how many yards he's had. I mean, starting back at week seven, 58 yards, 70 yards, 86 yards, 34 yards, 27. That's kind of a lull. 74 yards against Philly, 24, 48 against Dallas, 29 against the Chargers, and 26 against New England. And what I'll also point out for that fact is we run some more bubble screens with Stephon Diggs. We've run some more pre-snap options with him where we run the ball but have that RPO, the, the RPO plays is how I should put it, run pass options where we're running the ball but as he's handing it off, he's peeking to that right side seeing if Stephon Diggs is open on that bubble screen or that now screen. It, it, there's Then that leads to you know the shorter amount of yards gained. But look at the first downs. Look at how many first downs he's accounted for. I'm not worried about him having 100 yards receiving at all in the past couple weeks. That does not bother me whatsoever. I like how he's been used. I like that our offensive line can get it done and and we can run the ball with James Cook for 150 yards. I love it. And if you're a Bills fan that's worried about it, take a chill pill. Take a Xanax. I don't condone drugs, but take something that can relax you a little bit. Maybe we'll go legal. Smoke some pot, okay? Smoke some heifer. Relax. We're going to be okay. But since we're going into this game, uh, and you know it, it's the last game of the year, I just want to talk about where Bills players are at stat-wise, and just run through them quickly. Uh, at least the big ones, leaders on the team, whatever. Uh, starting off with Mr. Joshua Patrick Allen, 
He has thrown 541 times, completed 355 of them for a 65.6 completion percentage and has 3,947 yards right now, a seven-yard average. Uh, not too bad. He's thrown 16 interceptions, accounted for 27 touchdowns, been sacked 21 times, and his longest throw was 81 yards. And his yards per game total is 246 and a half yards. Pretty good year for Joshua Patrick. Uh, rushing the ball, Josh Allen has also carried it 96 times for 457 yards on a, about a five average, five yard average. And he has scored 15 more touchdowns. Wow. 15 touchdowns. So well, let's. Let's do some math here, folks. There's a 27 plus 15 and a carry the... Okay, yeah, 42 touchdowns! And he's not in the Pro Bowl. What the fuck? Goddamn joke. Um, Our real running back, James Tuck, 224 carries, 1,000 yards, or 1,086 yards, as long as, or as long as rush was 42 yards, and he has scored... Has he really only scored two touchdowns? Is that real? He's got to have some receiving touchdowns, right? Yeah, he has four receiving touchdowns. Only six total touchdowns for James Cook this year. I thought that number was a lot higher. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. But also, I did I count in the fact that Josh Allen has 15 touchdown rushes? No, I didn't. Um, and then the rest of our running backs, Latavius Murray, the old man legend, uh, he's run for 300 yards. Ty Johnson, I want to say, has also ran the ball. 29 times for 127 yards with a four and a half yard average as a third running back. We love to see that uh, receiving digs is top of the ball, top of the top of the list here. He's had 152 targets. He's caught a hundred of them and he has a thousand yards and, or a thousand and ninety six yards and eight touchdowns. Gabe Davis right below him with 79 targets and 45 of them caught. 746 yards and seven touchdowns. I said this at the beginning of the year, and I'll say it again to you folks. Gabe Davis doesn't make huge plays, but God damn it, he's a touchdown getter. He gets in the end zone. So take that how you want it when it comes to his contract extension. We'll see. Uh, I've been up and down about it all year. I'd like to see how he plays in the playoffs and in this last game. But the dude just gets in the end zone. It's always nice to have a guy like that. And then uh, I want to talk about two more guys here. Receiving-wise, Kincaid in his rookie year has had the ball thrown to him 83 times, has caught 66 of them, so that leads him to be second on the team in, er, in receptions. Um, for 589 yards, two touchdowns, just a pretty good rookie campaign by the kid Kincaid with one more game to go. And then Khalil Shakir also has been targeted 39 times, caught 33 of them with the best uh, completion percentage for throws thrown at him for 429 yards, or excuse me, that's James Cook. Khalil Shakir has 506 yards and two touchdowns, and then Cook has 429 yards and four touchdowns. Pretty good receiving year for the Buffalo Bills. And then on the defensive side, total uh, total tackle leader, Terrell Bernard, and it's not fucking close. He has 134 total tackles. Next on that list is Jordan Poyer with 95. After him, Taron Johnson with 89. Uh, good year. Good year for the kid, man. I, I like this Terrell Bernard. Uh, going to the interception leaders, Rasul Douglas with four after being acquired by the Bills. Uh, what was it, week eight? Pretty damn good for Rasul Douglas. And then right after him, Terrell Bernard with three. And then after him, A.J. Epinesa with two interceptions, tied with Matt Milano and Mike Hyde. Or Micah Hyde, excuse me. Wow. 
AJ Epinesa, what a year. This is why I'm saying he needs to come back. And and this is why I'm almost putting him as uh, more untouchable or, you know, we need to get him before Gabe Davis. That's just my opinion. But, you know, people can be mad. If you're mad about that, get a fucking life. Jesus Christ. Uh, the sack leaders, best offensive acquisition that we or excuse me, offseason acquisition that we've had. Leonard Floyd. Ten and a half sacks, nine tackles for loss. He needs a uh, a sack and a half this week to get like a million dollar bonus. Let's go, Leonard. Let's get it, boy. Uh, Ed Oliver, nine and a half sacks at the interior tackle position with fourteen TFLs. He has had a banger year and has been one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. AJ Epinesa and Terrell Bernard are tied for third on this list with six and a half sacks. Two fucking playmakers. Who would have thought Terrell Bernard would have been this? Not me. And then after that, Greg Rousseau with five. And then down the line, it goes to like two and a half for Daquan Jones and Jordan Phillips and then a bunch of ones. So pretty banging year defensively for this team. Um, and, and the TFL numbers, I will, uh, excuse me, I will also bring the TFL numbers just because I think they pop off the page a little bit. Ed Oliver with 14, like I just said. Rousseau has 12. Bernard has 10. Floyd has nine. Um, Epinesa and Dotson have seven. Daquan Jones and Christian Benford have three, and then it goes to twos and ones. Um, so yeah, I I think that this year we have played well. I think we have taken the football away well with the force fumbled numbers. Taron Johnson has three force fumbles. Benford has two. Epinesa, Dotson, Milano, Rousseau, Jackson, Kingsley, Jonathan, Jordan Poyer, Reggie Gilliam. And Leonard Floyd all have won. I mean, uh, we're just one of the best defenses that take away the football. That is a, a good recipe to win a football game, to have a banging offense that can get it done, rushing and receiving, and then also have a defense that takes the ball away and gives that offense opportunities. I mean, what else could you really ask for? I don't think there's much. I'm not asking much more of them. And then I, I do just want to talk about Miami stats, too. And we'll just go through the offensive stats for them. I'm sure nobody, including myself, gives a flying fuck about their defensive stats. But this year, quarterback Tua Tagovailoa has thrown the ball 533 times and has completed 371 of them, giving him a completion percentage of 69.6. And then he has thrown for 4,451 yards on an 8.5-yard average, 278 yards a game, and 28 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. He's also been sacked 29 times. It's a pretty fucking high number. Um, rushing the ball, their two top dogs, Mostert and Achan, starting with Mostert, has carried the ball 209 times for 1,012 yards on a, just about a five-yard average and uh, 18 touchdowns, which is a Dolphins franchise record. Devon Achan has rushed the ball 93 times for 744 yards on an eight-yard average per play, which is fucking insane. And he's also scored seven touchdowns, a lot of those coming from that early year stretch where he was just winning fantasy games for fantasy owners. Um, so, yeah, they, they run the ball effectively. We'll just say that. Uh, receiving, they have two receivers over a grand, uh, 1,000 yards, one of which obviously being Tyreek Hill has caught the ball 112 times on 158 targets for 1,717 yards. I don't think he's going to hit his 2,000-yard mark, unless he has a 300-yard game. I really fucking hope he don't have it. But 
that, I mean, I guess there's always a possibility any given Sunday. Um, he has caught all these yards on a 15-yard average with 12 touchdowns. Jalen Waddell is right after him with 72 receptions off 104 targets on 1,014 yards on a 14-yard average for four touchdowns. So, obviously, we know what makes their offense tick. They also have Cedric Wilson Jr. has three touchdowns. Uh, Berrios has a touchdown, but A-Chain and Mostert also have three receiving touchdowns each. So, you know, we, we see how their offense is run through. They don't have Tyreek Hill. Things change a lot, but they got receiving running backs who can get the job done. And then their defense, I don't really give a fuck about. But we have two of the best offenses in the NFL going up against each other Sunday for all the marbles. Now, imagine looking at this year. I mean, let's let's look at it in a pod or in a podcast perspective. A couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure if the Bills are making the playoffs. I'm demoralized. I'm upset with how we've played. Everybody's upset with how they played. I just think that the fact that we're here right now shocks the Dolphins because obviously they're in they're in the playoffs. They've made it. They got their ticket stamped. They're not going to be the one seed. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. They're not going to be the one. So why not at least take the division title from us? So these couple weeks are hanging out. They're like, oh, shit, we're going to make the playoffs. Bills aren't going to make it. It's going to be fucking light work. Let's just go. Let's go win a chip, huh? And then all of a sudden, the Bills are in the conversation. And now last week of the year, hey, I want my title back. Give me my belt back. You took it from me, and I know that you, you want to keep it, and you want to keep it till next year, but you're going to give it the fuck back right the fuck now. And, and we're going to earn that goddamn belt back. And I think that's something that, that kind of throws off the Dolphins' locker room where they're kind of concerned about, you know, losing that title because it, it was just so – it was handed to them. At the beginning of the year, everybody said, oh, look at this offense. Another year with Tyreek Hill. It's going to be great. Like, everything's going to be fine. We're going to win the championship. Like, I just feel like there was so much offseason hype. And the fact that we're here right now is scary. And don't think that because the Bills have lost the past couple of years in the playoffs, that that changes the, the fear that we strike into teams. Nobody wants Buffalo in the playoffs. Buffalo is a dangerous team in the playoffs. Buffalo was one game away from being in the Super Bowl two years ago. Okay? Uh, we are a scary fucking team. And in the playoffs, we just absolutely rip the ball downfield for 300, 400 yards a game. But now we can run the ball and we have probably the best offensive line in the NFL at least when it comes to pass blocking, probably not run blocking because I think that's got to go to the Eagles. But we got one of the best offensive lines now. We've got more defense. And, and you look back at the past couple years in the playoffs and why hasn't things worked? Why haven't we won these games? We have sustained no defensive pressure when it comes to the uh, defensive line against the opposing team's offensive line. And we play very, very conservative in the playoffs, running you know, quarters defense and, and playing prevent defense with three minutes to go. These things have changed. We've got Leonard Floyd. We've got Greg Rousseau. Von Miller's kind of there, but we've got Ed Oliver. Daquan Jones has made a miracle comeback from a torn pectoral tendon, and he plays 
and was playing at the beginning of this year better than Aaron Donald at defensive tackle. Not to mention our depth. Tim Settle continues to grow. Puna Ford hasn't played that much, but I think he looks good and he deserves a chance. Kingsley Jonathan has been in for Von Miller because he's played with a higher motor and has more to lose than Von Miller. I think that our defensive line has played great, plus our defensive scheme now, blitzing linebackers, blitzing Taron Johnson, having Terrell Bernard have six and a half sacks while also being one of your best cover players on the entire team. Rasul Douglas has changed this secondary and has done what is asked of him every single week and has taken the ball away and done great things with the ball in his hands. Our special teams has played great the past couple weeks. Shout out to Sam Martin. Sam Martin has been putting the ball like a maniac. And also, I will bring up a point that on that kickoff return in the opening of the Patriots game, which was very annoying to see, but it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, Tyler Bass. Missed the tackle, which was just as bad as Sam Martin missing that tackle on the punt in the Jets game in the first week of the year. But when Tyler Bass was trailing, who the fuck was it, Jalen Rigor? When he was running after him, he reached a max speed of 20 and a, or 20.58 miles an hour. That's the fastest speed a kicker's been clocked in at a next-gen stats since they've been taken since like the 2000s. Tish money got wheels. Okay, that boy can go. I love it. And our that just shows what we have on this team. We have athletes that can make fucking plays. And I think that Tyler Bass, knock on wood, I think that he has kind of worked himself himself out of that little slump he was having mid-year. He was having a weird little kicking slump where he didn't look great. He missed like one or two field goals. I think he's worked himself out of that slump and has looked better. Um, I just saw him on my Instagram. I follow, uh, shout him out at Wolfgang Poker. Uh, he plays poker with the Bills, and I just saw a fucking Tyler Bass win a thirteen hundred pot. You know, on a fucking you know really good hand of poker. It was pretty sweet. So Tyler Bass is feeling himself right now, and we need him to continue feeling himself in the playoffs. I think that this team is the scariest it's been going into the playoffs in the past couple years. But the fucking fact is. We're not there yet. We're not there. Nothing's guaranteed. We're not in the playoffs. We need to earn it. And we need to earn it against the most explosive team in the NFL. We've got to learn or <laughs> learn it. We've got to earn it against the in-season hard knocks team. We've got to earn it against Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Toa Tagovailoa, and Raheem Mostert. And we have to earn it. And like I said in the beginning of this, dude, this is why you're a coach. This is why you're a fan. This is why you're a player. For these fucking moments where it all comes down to the last week and you've got your division rival staring on the other sideline against you and you got to go hit him in the mouth. Hit him in the mouth. Fuck him up. This is what we watch for, folks. And right now it's 11 o'clock. So we have 26 hours till the Bills face the Miami Dolphins. So here's what I want to say to just kind of cap this all off. We have our future right in front of us 
And it's just like that, that fucking Geico commercial where it's the old dude with the fishing rod and he's holding it in. Oh, oh you almost had it. Oh, you got to be quicker than that. It's right there. It's hanging in front of us. It's got us caught in a trance. I'm drooling a little bit like, mm, oh, I want to play off so fucking bad. We just got to get in. We just got to get in. So to the team, if for some reason you're listening to this podcast, go kick some dolphin ass. Be like that South Park episode. Fuck you, dolphin! Fuck him up. Fuck him up. Throw him into Mike McDaniel. I fucking love Mike McDaniel. Throw, throw their players directly into his fucking kneecaps. Set him straight. To the coaches, do what you gotta do. Joe Brady doesn't have to be flashy. Get it done. Get it done like you've gotten the last couple weeks. Done. Run the ball. Be gritty. Fight for it. To McDermott, don't change what we've been doing, baby. None of this prevent shit. Don't give me that Leslie Frazier treatment. Go hit these dudes right in the fucking mouth. From play one to the end of the game. Let's go get them. And to the fans. To the fans who are at home, like me. Get cozy. Get them Zumbas on. Get rowdy. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that you're not there. I ain't got the money to go down. I'd be there, but I can't. But you know what I got? I got a TV. And I don't know if you guys know about these new TVs, but they they actually connect to speakers in the stadium. So when you're on your couch and you're like, oh, go Bills! That's making it to Miami. That's the focus. Scream. Shout. Let it all out. And let your team know that you're there for them, no matter what. Get rowdy. And to the fans who have made the commute and are at the bars right now, shit face. You guys are the X factor. You're the ones that's going to push this team over the edge. You're the ones that's going to propel them into the playoffs. You're the ones that's going to give them energy to keep fighting. It's hot in Miami, boy. Woo, it's hot in South Beach. You got to give them hope. And never, never, ever doubt this team. When I was listening to that Patriots game and I heard Bills fans booing the offense three drives in, I was cursing the TV out. I hope none of you fucks are down there in South Beach. We need Bill Evers down there. We need the real ones down there. Get fucking rowdy. Push your team. Get them into the playoffs. Help them in any manner you can. I don't want Tua to hear a play call all fucking game. And if he does, it's all your fault. And you didn't do your part. Help your team. Be there for your team when they need you most. And most importantly, go Bills. Win, win, or win. It's not win, lose, or draw. Win, win, or win. Go Bills. And squish the motherfucking fish in their house at their fans. And make them look like fucking cowards. They're banged up. Go get them. And I leave you with one final thing. And that is head coach Marv Levy. Folks, go Bills. I wish you all luck. I wish the team luck. Let's go fucking steal one in South Beach. Follow the old New York at the old New York underscore underscore, excuse me. 
and go Bills. Fellas, listen up. All you ever ask for is an opportunity. You got it today. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now?